Thanks for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. Today, we're finishing up Jailbreak with a message on healing. This series has been all about breaking out of the kingdom of darkness and being placed into the kingdom of His love. One of the biggest benefits of being in the kingdom of God is that we can receive healing. We are saved from this perverse generation and we are redeemed of the curse of the law. Pastor is gonna show us just what that curse is so that we know what we are redeemed from. Let's jump right into today's message, healing. So often what Christians think is that Christianity is about you being forgiven and going someplace when you die. But that is not the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus preached. What Jesus talked about was that the kingdom was for here and now. In fact, Jesus' first words were repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. At hand meaning it's here, it's available now. Not later, it's not about when you die. Although when you die, you're going somewhere, you're going to heaven. But he talked about the kingdom being now. He taught us to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's really a picture of the kingdom. When God's will is done on earth the way it is in heaven. Uh, a lot of times people think, well, just everything that happens on earth is God's will. It's not. That's why Jesus told us to pray that way. Uh, in Matthew 16, Jesus gives seven parables. Every one of them begins the same way. It says the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like. It doesn't say Christianity is like a kingdom. It is a kingdom. Jesus said in Luke 22, he says, and I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed one upon me. Jesus did not leave us a religion or a morality or a philosophy. Jesus left us a kingdom. When the angel appeared to Mary, he said of the, of the, of the end of his government, he said there will be no end. See, his, his government, Jesus, the kingdom of God is, is, is a government. It is a kingdom. Jesus is the king. In Acts chapter one, Jesus risen from the dead. The Bible says he took 40 days where he's with his disciples, talking to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The greatest sermon that was ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Jesus constantly spoke about the kingdom. And his announcement was, it's here, it's now, it is available today. Colossians 1 and verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, notice that there is an inheritance for believers. And God has qualified you. You are not qualified because of how good you've been, because of what you've done or what you have not done. God the Father has qualified us. And he's delivered us from the power of darkness. I, I love the Living Bible. That, that's my favorite. It says he rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom. Jordan, Clarence Jordan says it this way. He says that the father who sprang us from the jailhouse of darkness 
I like that. So we have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. Verse 13, he's delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love or his dear son, depending on your translation. So when a person becomes a believer, literally, God takes them out of one kingdom and puts them into another. They're changing kings or they're changing lords. Romans 10 and verse nine, if you will confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord or your king and believe in your heart God raised them from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be taken out of that kingdom, put into the kingdom of the son of his love. First Peter 1 and 18 says, knowing that you were not redeemed, mean to be bought with corruptible things like silver or gold from the aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers. Now, we tend to think I was just redeemed from sin. But notice the Bible says from the aimless conduct received by the tradition of our fathers, our, our way of life. In Acts chapter two, when the church is born, Peter preaches the first sermon. And the Bible says that he said to them, be saved. Now we think from hell, but that's not what he said. He said, be saved from this perverse generation. When you come to Jesus, what are you getting saved from? Not just from hell, but you're to be being saved from this perverse generation that we're in. Here it calls it the aimless tradition or lifestyle received from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. You were redeemed with Jesus' blood. That's the price that God paid to bring us out of one kingdom into another. In Romans 3 and verse 25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation or mercy seat through faith in his blood. Where do we have faith in his blood? You know, some of you may have been in a church where they told you the blood of Jesus has no significance whatsoever. It's no different than anybody else's blood or even the blood of a, of a goat or a dog, but it is a lie. It is the blood of Jesus that redeemed you and you are redeemed through faith in his blood. So I wanna talk to you about the kingdom today. And I just want to talk about one of the benefits of the kingdom. Now, in the Old Testament, David called them benefits. He said he forgives all our iniquities, heals all our diseases, redeems our life from destruction, satisfies our mouth with good things, so our youth is renewed like the eagles. In Colossians, it's called your inheritance. And again, this inheritance belongs to you because the Father has qualified you, not because of what you've done, right? Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Jesus went about of the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is that God wants to do something now. It's not when you die, Christianity takes effect. But God wants the will of heaven to be done on earth today. We're thinking God wants to get us somewhere. And the truth is God wants to do something in you. He wants to bring the kingdom in you and have the kingdom expressed through you. He said, 
preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world, and then the end will come. And unfortunately, in many churches, we are not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. We're preaching a gospel of go someplace instead of a gospel of the kingdom of God coming and being a part of our life today. But Jesus said the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. So he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom and he's healing every sickness, every disease among the people. Verse 36, when he saw the multitudes, he moved with compassion on them because they were weary and scattered as sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. The laborers are few. Now, the next verse jumps to the next chapter. But you know this, when the Bible was originally written, they didn't put in chapters and verse. We did that later to help us find things and, and uh, easily be able to, to uh, locate spots in the Bible. So then it says, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Then the seventh verse. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. It's now. It's available. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Now notice both in the ninth and the tenth chapter when it talks about the kingdom, it talks about healing. It talks about deliverance. Jesus said in Luke's gospel, chapter 10, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. Heal the sick there and say, the kingdom of God has come near you. Heal the sick that are there and say, the kingdom of God has come near you. Healing is a part of the kingdom. It's part of the inheritance or the benefit of being in the kingdom. In Mark 16, Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe, or the believing ones. The list begins with, in my name they will cast out demons, and it ends with, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In the book of James, James is the pastor at the church of Jerusalem, and he says, any among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, will save or heal the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven him. I want you to notice it says the Lord will raise him up. Jesus said they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Most of the time, but not always, healing is a process. A person begins to amend. But there are times when it's instantaneous, but very often it's a process. And we can miss it because to, to receive healing, we have to keep the switch of faith turned on. And sometimes when we don't see something instantaneous, we turn the switch off. I didn't get anything. But the truth is, it's to be a process. Now, Galatians 3, verse 13, says, Christ has redeemed us. Remember, he did this with his blood from the curse of the law having become a curse for us, for it's written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Now, he redeemed us from the curse, that the blessing of Abraham, right? Now, in the weeks preceding this, we have talked about God's covenant with Abraham. 
And the Bible says in Galatians 3.29, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. If you're Abraham's seed, the blessing of Abraham belongs to you. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The promise he made to Abraham is to you. Now, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. And if we don't know what the curse of the law says, well, we really don't know what we've been redeemed from. The curse of the law is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I just want to give you several of the verses, some of the things that are written in the curse. You are redeemed. You are bought back from the curse of the law. The 20th verse of Deuteronomy 28, part of the curse of the law, mentions cursing, confusion, and rebuke, vexation, rash, seizures, confusion, panic, and dysentery. The 21st verse says, the plagues will cling to you until you're consumed. Another translation says, pestilence cleaves to you and you can't be healed of it. Pestilence, kind of like COVID stuff, you know? Kind of that kind of like pestilence. Verse 22, New King James, consumption with fever and inflammation, with severe burning fever, with scorching, with mildew, until you perish. Other translations mention consumption, fever, and infections. Verse 27, the boil of Egypt with tumors and scabs and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. Other translations mention boils, hemorrhoids, incurable itching, senility, insanity, blindness, fear, panic, tumors, and ulcers. Verse 29 says, you'll grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness, only oppressed and plundered. The translation says, you'll be unable to find your way and you will not have success in life. Again, 30, the 31st verse mentions boils from which you cannot be healed. Malignant, incurable sores, other translations. Extraordinary plagues, verse 59. Great and prolonged plagues and serious and prolonged illnesses. Other translations mention generational sicknesses, perpetual plagues on you and your children. But now here's the most important verse, verse 61. This is what you redeemed from. Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law. So you've got all the plagues and all the sicknesses that are written in the book. And then you've got all the plagues and all the sicknesses that are not written. I think that's all of them. <laughs> so it's every sickness and every plague that's written and every sickness and every plague that's not written. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. You are redeemed. Now we can see it in action in Jesus' ministry. In Luke 13, it says he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. In verse 11, it says, And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Uh, notice that this particular sickness was caused by a spirit. Not every sickness is, but some are. And this was actually caused by a spirit. And the woman, it says, that she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Now, if, if a doctor had examined her, he would have probably said she had curvature of the spine. And medically speaking, that would be true. But the root cause was a spirit. 
When Jesus saw her, he called her to himself and he said, woman, you are loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, it's interesting to me that in the Bible, when people get healed, it says they glorify God. But a lot of people today said, I'm sick for the glory of God. Do you know there's nobody in the Bible that was sick for the glory of God? The cause of this sickness was not God. It was an evil spirit. See, in Deuteronomy, the Bible does not call sickness a blessing. It calls it a curse. In Job chapter 42, it's called captivity. Here, Jesus says that she's to be loose from this bond or this bondage on the Sabbath day. So Jesus refers to sickness as bondage. In Acts 10, 38, it says Jesus healed all who were oppressed of the devil. Oppression, not blessing, not blessing. So he said, woman, you're loosed of your infirmity as he laid his hands on her. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and said to the crowd, there's six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered and said, you hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So listen, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, so because she's a daughter of Abraham, ought not this woman, Now, this woman, Jesus said, ought to be healed. And the reason she ought to be healed is because she's the daughter of Abraham. But my Bible says again, if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. And you are an heir according to the promise. If she ought to be loosed because she's the daughter of Abraham, you ought to be loosed because you're a son or a daughter of Abraham. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, sickness doesn't come from God, whom Satan has bound, think of it, 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. The reason Jesus said that healing belonged to her was because she was a daughter of Abraham. And again, if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. Matthew 15, verse 21. We see another example. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Cana came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. She cries out after us. And he answered and said, I am not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, this woman is not a daughter of Abraham. She's a Gentile. And Jesus, she she wants to be healed based off the Abrahamic covenant. She's saying, son of David, you're the descendant of Abraham. You're the promised Messiah. She wants to be healed based off the promise to Abraham. But Jesus said, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm just sent to Abraham's seed. And she came and she worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. He answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, about that time, most people would be done. 
About the time Jesus called you a dog, you'd be like, I'm out of here. But not this lady. She said, yes, Lord. But even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Jesus answered and said to her, woman, great. The Greek says mega. I like that. Mega faith woman. Mega is your faith. Let it be as you have desired. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, the part I want you to see is this. It's not good to take the children's bread. What is healing? Healing is the children's bread. It belongs to the children. And if you're Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I know there's people who think that God made them sick. They, they, they say that anyhow. But then I think it's interesting. They hired the best surgeon in Grand Rapids to cut it out. Well, if it's what God gave you, you ought to pray for more. Instead of trying, honestly, in your heart of hearts, I don't think you believe it because you're trying to get rid of it. Right? The Bible says that healing is a blessing, not sickness. Right? Now, here's the thing. So often what we do is we just sit back and we just think everything that God wants to have happen in our life is going to happen. And that is not true. The Bible says this, Jesus said it, Matthew 11, verse 12. He said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Now, it's not that God is trying to withhold something, but you have an enemy. Peter said, your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. The blessings of God, you need to take out, you need to go in faith and you need to take it. You need to receive it, right? There's a great type of this in the, in the Old Testament. We find the children of Israel come to the promised land. God said, it's yours. He promised it to Abraham. It's theirs because they're children of Abraham. But the spies come back and 10 of them say, we can't go in and there's seven nations and there's walled cities and there's iron chariots and there's giants. And because they were not willing to go in and take possession, suffer violence, and take it by force, because they were not willing, they ended up dying in the desert. I believe that every one of us have areas in our life where God wants us to have a level of victory, of provision that is ours because we're children of Abraham, and we aren't taking it the way that we need to take it. Again, the children of Israel, two million of them didn't take it. Only two went in and took possession. The Bible says in Mark chapter 6 and verse 13, and they drove out many unclean spirits. They drove them out. Uh, the, the devil is stubborn. Sometimes you just have to keep on putting pressure on him. Right? You need to take it by force. In fact, another translation of Mark 6 verse 13 says, and they forced out many demons. You've got to be strong. You've got to be persistent. You can't give up. You can't quit. You've got to be relentless. You've got to say, it's in my inheritance. It's mine. It belongs to me. And I ought to be loose. I ought to be free. I ought to be healed. It says, we give thanks to the Father who qualified us. He qualified us. We didn't qualify ourselves because of how good we were, because of what we did or what we didn't do. God qualified us. Now, 
Unfortunately, many of us do not know what belongs to us in Christ. Uh, I think about three, two and a half, three years ago, um, Jeannie had a pickup truck and it was getting quite a few, quite a few years on it. And so we decided we'd get her a new truck, truck. And so we got her a Ford Expedition. Now she drove it almost at least a year and a half. Maybe it was close to two years. And one day she came in the house and she says, honey, I love my truck. And I said, well, what happened? She says, I pressed this button on the side of the seat. It massages me. <laughs> I mean, like up and down, and it feels so good. Now, now, it was there the whole time. She just didn't know her car had an automatic massager. Right? That's how a lot of us Christians are. We just don't know what we have. Because if you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed, and you're heirs according to the promise. And part of that promise is healing belongs to you, and you ought to be loosed because you are a daughter or a son of Abraham. All right. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul prays and he says, I don't cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What has God called you to? And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? You know, when Paul is praying for people, he doesn't say, oh, God, just bless them. He says, God, open their eyes so they can understand what their inheritance is in Christ. Because they are Abraham's seed, there's things that belong to him. And his prayer for the church is that they will have op eyes open so they can know what belongs to them. One last scripture, Matthew 16 and verse 19. says, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you will bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Notice, this is a key in the kingdom of heaven. Most of us think that everything's already done in heaven, and then when we, we do something on earth. But Jesus said, when you bind it on earth, then it's bound in heaven. And when you loose it on earth, then it's loosed in heaven. Things begin on earth and not in heaven. Jesus told us to pray, your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven, right? We have to realize that the kingdom has been given to us. But Jesus said, the violent, take it by force. Not that God's withholding it, but we have an enemy who wants to keep the blessings of God from our lives. I want to thank you for being with us today. And I simply want to ask you this question. Are you right with God? You know, you may be away from the Lord and you may know in your heart, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not living right, not doing right. I am not living for Jesus. And you say, I want to be forgiven. I want to be right with God. I want to pray with you right now. I want you to bow your head and pray this prayer with me. Just make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. 
I believe he rose again, and I believe he's coming again. And today I receive the forgiveness Jesus purchased for me. And today I surrender my life to Jesus. I hold nothing back. And I thank you, you've heard my prayer, that I'm forgiven, that I'm a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that from your heart, God heard that prayer, you're forgiven, you're right with God. But I want to help you keep growing spiritually. And so I have a book I want to give to you absolutely free of charge. It's called Your New Life. It's full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually. All you need to do is get online, download the book absolutely free. It is going to help you keep on walking by faith and growing spiritually. God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Duane, you are making one of the best decisions of your life, and we are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is reaching the world with the truth of God's Word on and off the air. Right now, we have an awesome opportunity to double your impact. Due to the generosity of some of our partners, we have a matching gift of $300,000. We want to make it easy for you to become a partner with us. Now, you can text RESGIVE to 94000 and select Walking by Faith in the drop-down menu. You can also give on our website or on our app. Thank you so much for helping us send God's Word all around the world to change lives every day. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and on your favorite social platform by searching WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along with notes, speak confessions over your life, and so much more. I pray that you receive complete healing as you are a descendant of Abraham and the one true King, Jesus Christ. Have a blessed week.